Welcome back to the Policy Wonk Podcast. I'm Joe. And I'm Policy. And I'm Wonk. And I'm Kale. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Kale? We're talking about a couple things. We're going to get into some news first before we start talking about issue one and two. Oh, our favorite issues that we're advocates for. So we have a couple mics to talk about first. A lot of mics. We have Mike Johnson. Correct. The new speaker of the House of Representatives. Finally. After what? Three, three weeks? Almost a month? Yeah, almost a, a speaker? month. It was almost a month. Yeah. I... It just, one, it is really funny to see Jim Jordan not win that race. Because um, I just really like it when Jim Jordan's having a bad day. However, <laughs> not that... Not, not that Mike Johnson is really good. Yeah, he's not much better. By default, a Republican Speaker of the House is bad. IMO. Uh, not that Hakeem <laughs> Jeffries actually had a legitimate chance at becoming the Speaker. He did. I was willing it into existence. Oh, yeah. Kale was manifesting it. I but was I guess indeed it, manifesting I guess it didn't work, though. But Mike Johnson, uh, who's a Louisiana congressman, is an uber conservative Christian. Um, yeah. Opposed same-sex marriage, abortion rights, and has some really crazy takes when it comes to gun control, especially following the most recent mass shooting in Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really, I don't want to downplay how terrible he is, but it's really not surprising coming from the Republican Party of today that's acting like it's still 2004 and trying to get a constitutional ban on same-sex marriage. Yeah, he he was he's actually crazy. Yeah, like Jim Jordan type yeah. crazy, but he's not vocal about it. He looks normal. Yeah, you know that's what's dangerous is that he's crazy, but he also yeah. seen he appears normal to the average voter. So like Frank LaRose. Yes. Oh my God. My le- no, he's not even a joke. Than saying he's my friend, he's my enemy, enemy of the pod, enemy Frank of LaRose. the pod. But if if everyone was following, you saw how. One day we thought, oh, it's going to be um, Scalise. And then it wasn't Scalise because <laughs> he just immediately dropped out of the race after he gained partial confidence of the caucus. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and then, of course, Jim Jordan couldn't, he, what, lost, was it four? I think it was four. Four rounds of voting, and then they booted him. And here we are at Mike Johnson, who, quite frankly... Oh, I, no, no. You skipped, you skipped a nominee, Mike Emer. Oh, right. The, the, the very the memorable whip. guy. Yeah. That's who, why I remembered him so quickly. He was the nominee, and then like six hours later, he decided he, he was wasn't going to nominee. be the nominee anymore, because Trump started like telling House reps to not vote for him. The whole... The way that like Jim Jordan was trying to whip votes for himself was really stupid elaborate he just used intimidation to try to convince these moderate republicans like republicans in the governance group that's not how you that's not how you govern that's not how you lead let me if any of you are are thinking about running for (laughs) office there's one thing you probably shouldn't do and it's intimidate people to vote for you because tech that tends to hear me out piss people off a lot mm. <laughs> it, it's also really just a shitty thing to do yeah it is another thing that you probably shouldn't do um if you're ever elected into any office but especially con- congress you probably shouldn't deny the legitimacy of an election yeah 
like Jim Jordan and Mike Johnson. Yeah, current Speaker of the House. Current Speaker of the House. The other interesting thing is that none of the people besides maybe Jim Jordan have the fundraising capabilities to actually lead Republicans Mm -hmm. in the 2024 election in terms of House elections. Now, as terrible of a speaker Kevin McCarthy was, he had a lot of money. He had a very large war chest. I think $24 million in his leadership fund. I have no idea. I'm not fact-checking you on that. No, it was was like (laughs) 22 to 24 million. I trust you. And Mike Johnson, I think, currently has maybe two million, maybe. Pretty sure it's probably around one point five million. Mm. Um, and congressional elections aren't cheap, especially in swing districts that are going to be are going to be the reason why Republicans or Democrats um, retain or gain the House next year. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, of course, based off redistricting alone, Democrats have the edge already. The edge. But even in actual swing districts and states that actually have fair maps, mm-hmm. Republic or Democrats have a fundraising advantage off the bat. And honestly, I would even go far as to say have an advantage just generally. So, I mean, the, the advantage continues because Democratic opposition researchers, I guess, went to town on this man yeah after he became speaker and everyone's like who the who duff week is this the other thing is that crazy stuff just started popping up yeah and last year um and this is from npr mike johnson introduced a national don't say gay bill which if you were paying attention to florida politics unfortunately (laughs) um i worry about your mental health so do me and Kale. We follow Florida <laughs> politics, sadly. Don't worry about your mental health. Um, was the bill in Florida that banned education on gender identity and sexual orientation, mm-hmm. um, which I could go on a whole tangent on why your kid's second grade teacher is not teaching your child about gender theory. Um, they're, <laughs> they're teaching them, like, what do you learn in second grade? phonics phonics you're learning phonics how to pronounce words how to comprehend what you're reading <laughs> but it it goes to show how conservative he is and how these policies i really i really don't think they're playing with people they're not playing with moderate voters they're not playing with independents or leaners right i just <laughs> this is from axios and this is his opinion on how to solve gun violence. Oh, in enlighten country. me. Enlighten me, Mike. He doesn't think that any sort of gun control solves any problem. He doesn't think it'll be effective. Right, right. But he also says that in Europe, where they don't have the type of guns that we have mm-hmm. publicly, like in amongst the general populace in most European countries, he said that people will just use a car to mow down a crowd. And I just think it's really funny that Axios fact-checked that. And they were like, yeah, it happens, but it doesn't happen nearly as often as mass shootings do in the United States. Yeah, because that's just a cop-out argument by, frankly, and I know there's conservatives that actually do favor 
more stringent gun control laws in this country, but I, I will go out and say ultra conservatives that are opposed to any kind of common sense. Ultra is not a good word to add in front of yeah. something political. It's it automatically just means bad. It just means you're bad. Yeah. But I guess lastly on Mike, 2020 election denier, that should immediately disqualify you yeah, from but, holding um, any office. We spoke about it at the beginning of this this speakership disaster. Yeah. Liz Cheney said that being an election denier is what's going to get you the speakership. But at the same time, most normal people think that being an election denier should bar you yeah. from being the speaker. So, I mean, we just... Every time that I think we're moving past the Trump era, we just the get, weird far-right populace, we just get, like, rope right back in. Yep. It, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's just out of control. It is. It really is. And we have another deadline coming up for spending. Yeah, we're almost out of money again. <laughs> we are almost... The country is almost out of money. I'm fine. Personally, I'm doing fine. However... Prove it. Somehow... Um, Post your credit card. Maybe. And the numbers on the back. Maybe. But also maybe the house should invest in crypto because that worked really well the last time for those people. True. True. Especially <laughs> the people that had money in Silicon Valley Bank. I heard that went really, really well. Really, really well. Yeah. Like super So much well. so that the government wants to know what they were up to. Oh that's, my how, God. that's how you know. But let's move on to the second Mike. The other Mike. The other Mike who can still win the Republican primary if he has the courage. Mike Pence dropped out of the 2024 presidential race on Saturday. Yeah, he did. This is from the AP. Um, in his speech, uh, concluding his horrible, lame, and sad presidential run, uh, he said, it's become clear to me, this is not my time. And he said this at the Republican Jewish Coalition's annual gathering in Vegas. So after much prayer and deliberation, I've decided to sus suspend my campaign for president effective today. But it's not surprising. I'm surprised that he was the first person to drop, the yeah. first important person to drop out. Yeah, 100%. Um, there's, there's still so many people in the field right now who should not be there. Who do you think's next? I think it's Asa. Really? I think it's Ramaswamy. VP? Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. If yeah. it's Ramaswamy, then I would, I would say he'll be Trump's VP. Yeah, I might, I might, that, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a leap, mm -hmm. but I'm going to say Ramaswamy. Yeah. I think it's still going to be Asa Hutchinson. Or he can't, he, he's struggling to hit fundraising numbers, so yeah. he's probably the one that makes the most sense. Yeah. In terms of like, how much money do you have? Like Chris Christie has money and so does, um, I mean, I don't think Nikki, ha Nikki Haley's probably in it until. Nikki Haley's going to be like Bernie. Yeah. She's going to run until like she has to stop. Yeah. DeSantis, on the other hand, I think that Ronnie Boy is on track to drop out after Iowa. Yeah, probably. He's he's never, he, well, he's never run a good presidential campaign. Uh, literally off the bat, mm -hmm. uh, was terrible and awful. And he's just, he's such a muppet. He's such a muppet. He's a muppet. You look at the guy and you go, that that is. That is three children in a trench coat. That is not a real person. That is like three special interest groups in a trench coat with risers in his cowboy boots. Three special interests. I love it. And 
I I'm just surprised he hasn't saved face and dropped out a, a like already, if what, not a while ago. What are the three special interests, Joe? Guns. Okay. Um, hating gay people. Okay. Um, third. Racist border policies. But a special interest group. It would be. Is there an actual group associated with border policies? Um, probably. Just not one that's like NRA level. We'll get back to you guys on that. I'm going to yeah. find one now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Mike. Mikey boy. He. Not Mike ED. Not, not Mike not, ED. not podcast. Uh, hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. We miss you. Shout out. Um, but I think it's really, I think Mike Pence dropping out, one, entering the race and not immediately being the front runner besides Trump, I think really goes to show how much American politics has changed over the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, Al Gore, Bill Clinton's vice president, was the nominee in 2000. Of course, Bush won. Um, and then Kerry ran against Gore, or sorry, Kerry ran against Bush in 04. Um, but then you've kind of just had this weird situation where vice presidents aren't immediately becoming like, oh, well, they're naturally going to be the party's nominee after their president got booted out of office, especially <laughs> in an election year where the guy who lost against the current president thinks he can win second time around and pull Grover Cleveland. Yeah. I think in a normal timeline where American politics wasn't poisoned by election conspiracy theories and Fox News, mm -hmm. Mike Pence would would have probably won a Republican primary fairly easily and might have beaten Joe Biden in 2024. But with the current state of the Republican Party. No, I, I mean, I agree with you entirely. I think all of, you know, we talk about elections often. Yeah. And electability is like, crucial. All of the candidates in the Republican field who I would say could win a general, nowhere close to being the nominee. Yeah. And we said it on the show a couple times. The only one that's close is Nikki Haley. Mm -hmm. And she's not going to be the nominee either. No, no, she's not. She's Unless something crazy happens and Donald Trump just... Even then, not, like, like, how many people would vote for Donald Trump if he were in prison? A lot. Enough. Enough. Yeah. It's... It's also crazy to think that the Iowa caucus is two months away. That's insane. Um, I keep forgetting that it is nearly the end of the year and that we're, we're really about to enter presidential cycle. Yeah. Like people are going to be voting very soon. And it, wow. I think it's going to be Donald Trump winning the primary. However, it really, theoretically, it could be Nikki Haley. Mm -hmm. At this point, I really think Nikki Haley's the only other person that could become the nominee. And it's going to be based off of how she performs in Iowa and New Hampshire. Oh, so you're, you're telling me that, you're telling me that Doug Burgum isn't going to just come in and sweep? I think it's <laughs> going to be a Chris Christie sweep. Ooh. 50 state sweep. So like historically, the candidate that wins Iowa normally doesn't win New Hampshire. Yeah. It'll be funny and also interesting, mm -hmm. however very funny, if Nikki Haley wins Iowa, Chris Christie wins New Hampshire if he sticks in this long, and then Trump just wipes everyone out again. I think Christie is also going to stay into the end. Yeah. 
even if he knows he's not going to be the nominee at all, mm-hmm. strictly because he hates Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. That man, if there's someone that hates Donald Trump in a very genuine way, it's, it's probably Chris Christie. It is Christopher Christie. Chris Christie, former governor of New Jersey. New Jersey. Is, is actually the, the most real and genuine anti-Trump Republican, in my opinion. It's so funny. On a national stage. Well, we have the next debate coming up real soon. We do. So we will probably talk about it. And we are, because that debate stage is going to be much, much smaller than the first two. Because more people are going to be able to talk. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be better. Because, like we said earlier, Asa Hutchinson is not meeting fundraising goals. I don't think Doug Burgum is either. No, I don't think so. The debate stage is going to look probably at this point in time. Trump's not going to show up, but he would qualify. He should show up just because it'd be funny. However, it's going to be Nikki Haley, Vivek, Chris Christie, and maybe Tim Scott. I don't know his what he's at right now. I think he. I think he's got some financial issues. Yeah. But I think all the big South Carolina donors are just donating Nikki Haley. Yeah. So donors are always going to. This is one of my favorite things to talk about is who the donors want, Mm. because the donors have. A little bit more as evil as I think big money groups are, they do have a little bit more common sense when it comes to donating to candidates. While Nikki Haley is extremely conservative. She's she's more moderate than Trump, and she would have the ability to win over independent voters and, very importantly, suburban women. Yeah, and then, I mean, it plays back into the electability thing. Yeah. Because I can donate $50 to a candidate, and it's not going to break, break, like, break the bank for me. Yeah. But these big-time groups, like big money groups, they can, like, completely fold. Yeah. Donating to a candidate, especially if that candidate loses. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're going to want to put their money on a horse that they know and trust can win. And I don't think Tim Scott's that guy. No, he's not. He's not that guy. He, you're not that guy, pal. He's Howard Dean. Not that guy. I, I'm not going to do the Howard Dean scream. I might, <laughs> I might ruin the audio levels again. Good. <laughs> but that's the update on the presidential race because there's nothing interesting to talk about on the Democratic side. No. Because it's going to be Joe Biden. If everyone tries to argue with me about that, it I'm just gonna say it's Joe Biden, then I'm gonna walk away from you. Yeah, pretty much. There's there is a new candidate in the field. Guy that I can't remember. Dean Phillips. Howard Dean? No. But I do think that it's really only a matter of time till he drops out of the race. Because I mean it goes down to, it comes down to fundraising and electability. I'm surprised that Williamson is still in it. Because I, I really don't know if she even has money at this point. No, probably not. But that's our update on the presidential <laughs> race because we are six days away from election day in the state of Ohio. Yeah, we are. And I'm voting today. Yes, you are. And I'm voting yes on issue one. Yes, you are. I'm voting yes on issue two. Yes, you are. And I'm voting yes on my school levies. Ooh. And I'm voting for the candidates in my school district that actually value the mm-hmm. education of children and mm-hmm. aren't being um, supported by far-right groups like Moms for Liberty mm. or 1776 Project. And also, I like to vote for people that actually know what the hell they're doing yep. and aren't caught up in culture war bullshit, quite frankly. Quite frankly. 
But issue one <laughs> that we're advocates for. Advocates, we are advocates for, yes. Yes. Um, Kale and I actually got into a bit of a disagreement right before the show. Yeah, we did. Um, it, that's very rare. Very rare, Very honestly. rare that we disagree on something. But it was, it was a very Joe and Kale thing to disagree on, and it was literally the <laughs> specific counties that are going to be voting yes or no on issue one. <laughs> because if any other person was like oh why are kale and joe fighting they're like oh they're disagreeing about the outcome of issue one like county county level they're like what nerds yeah you know what nerds we are wonks we are we are in fact wonks of the policy sorts correct (laughs) kale give me some of your hottest takes on issue one i think ottawa county is voting yes Mm. on issue one interesting i think ashtabula county is voting no on issue one correct I think Delaware County is also voting yes. Yeah. I think I think Delaware County is a very interesting case study into American political thought. Delco. <laughs> oh, they're kind of crazy. Delaware County is very confusing because it's obviously a lot of Columbus suburbs. I mm-hmm. guess ex, not expert exurbs. More outer ring suburbs of oh, yeah. Columbus. Um I have family that lives in Delaware County in Powell. And um, that's where the Columbus Zoo is. Shout out. Shout out. Um, but Delaware County, they did not vote for Joe Biden. No, they, they did not. They did not vote for Sherrod Brown in 2018, but they resoundingly rejected issue one in August, mm-hmm. the 60% threshold amendment. And from my, the way that I've been operating in terms of what counties are going to be voting yes on this amendment is a factor of, did they vote for Sherrod back yeah. in 2018? V- kind of their presidential result but that really again and we've talked about before people's partisan affiliation and their actual ideology are two very different things Mm -hmm. and it can be very confusing 100 percent, especially when it comes to issues especially when it comes to specific issues that we are blessed to be able to vote on in this state correct and i think i think delaware county votes yes um word simply because not simply (laughs) but because a factor of they very resoundingly voted down issue one in august and that pretty much was partly a referendum on how do we want this state to yes. enact abortion or reproductive rights so i used i used results from august yeah and i think that's a this. i think that is a very good way to predict how uh counties are going to vote on tuesday mm-hmm. but again don't use that solely because then you would have things like um you know uber conservative counties voting yes on reproductive rights when they very likely aren't this is true i would like it if they did that'd be really awesome however eh, probably not i think wood county is voting yes on issue one it's a suburb of toledo i mean it's a it's got suburbs of toledo they voted for sherrod they did vote for sherrod and i don't know what their presidential result was it's red but again republican i I would, I wouldn't, I would say would probably votes yes again because Word. a lot of suburbs, um, also BG. I think a factor of again suburban communities and also Bowling Green is there. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy take, fiery, flaming hot take. Hamilton, Franklin, and Cuyahoga are all voting yes on issue one, and Athens. What? <laughs> Whoa! No, I'm kidding. 
I'm no, just joshing you. I mean, I have most of um, Northeast Ohio also voting yes. Yeah. With the exception of Ashtabula. How do you pronounce the county, Kill? What's the county that's right below Lake? Giaga. There we go. Giaga, Medina, and a couple of the like Canton area I think counties. Giaga's very conservative in general. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really no, there's no, there's really no Kent City equivalent in Giaga County. Um, but of course, Portage has Kent. Um, and Ashtabula, shout out. Has shout out Beulah. Special place in my heart. It's where my whole family's from. Mom and dad's side. They, I, I, I really, really doubt they approve the reproductive rights amendment. That county's gone heavily, heavily to the right. Not, and I'm not just talking like Republican. I mean like ideologically yeah. right wing. Yeah. That county used to be solid blue from the 40s through basically 2016. And then it just, yeah, I don't think Ashtabula votes yes on issue one. But I think Ashtabula votes yes on issue two after getting harassed by Joe because I thought that they weren't. Look, <laughs> look, marijuana should be legal, one, should be regulated like alcohol, Facts. and is a, is a very popular policy across party lines. It is. I think the Baldwin Wallace Pulse poll, yeah. BWPP, shout out. Shout out. I think they say like 70% of Ohioans support some form of legalized recreational marijuana yeah and of course we have um we have medical marijuana in the state right now but it's still extremely difficult one to get a card and two to even access um dispensaries like i know our our audio they them has a medical card and i know it's it's very difficult to access Mm-hmm. And I personally, I, you know, I'm not scared to say this. Like I use medical marijuana to help with my, um, ADHD and OCD word. And it's still like very difficult to access. So if we're legalizing it recreationally, one, a lot of new tax revenue that's going to benefit. Um, I believe it's going to benefit it's schools. It goes to roads. It goes to addiction treatments. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what else, but I, I know those two things. Yeah. Roads, awesome. Yeah. Because, you know, nobody likes potholes. Yeah. But I know those two things for, cer- for but, certain. But also, it, it would just make it a lot easier for people to access something that is proven to be a benefit to their mental health. I mean, marijuana has been, it's currently still being studied for the treatment of Parkinson's disorder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have family that has Parkinson's. And any kind of treatment that stops that disease from progressing or at least helps control these symptoms is worth investigating. And even if you, you personally don't use marijuana, again, you can't tell me what to do because I'm not hurting anyone. And it, it, it's a benefit to people. Yeah. And we've talked about it on the show before. But marijuana policy in the state and in this country has been unfairly applied to black people and minority communities. And even though it's happening like way later than it should have, changing that now is better than never doing it. 
especially because you know yeah. we still have people in prison for marijuana possession for nonviolent possession mm-hmm. and that's bullshit 100% because I know if I got caught with marijuana or like a bull I'm probably not going to jail honestly I'm probably being let go maybe something gets confiscated but I know if but I know if a if uh, a person of color or someone from a minority community is caught with marijuana one they're getting cited mm-hmm. or they're getting arrested or two that interaction could very easily become a violent altercation yep and we need to limit you know this 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 two-tiered application of drug laws it's and you know issue two helps to do that 100 percent. so joe what are some of your craziest takes county wise on issue two i think it does fairly well in appalachia yeah yeah You're, you can't tell me that those people don't grow their own on a mountain somewhere like even though it might not pass in a lot of appalachian counties i think it's going to be closer than like the reproductive rights amendment mm-hmm. like issue two you know I don't think it cracks 60%, but I wouldn't be surprised if it does. But, you know, it gets to this idea of, you know, it's personal freedom. It's actual personal freedom. Yeah. Like, people people who live in, like, isolated communities, like in Appalachia, yeah, they tend to vote Republican, but through, like, a libertarian lens. Mm-hmm. So that's where, like, the personal freedom comes into play. Yeah. Which is why something like legalized, regulated recreational marijuana is so popular amongst All most voters. Americans. Yeah. Across, I mean, of course, hugely popular among Democrats, hugely popular among independents, and generally very approved of by even Republicans. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is an issue that really has broad bipartisan support, and it's, you know, it's the, the fact that it hasn't been legalized by the General Assembly is because you know, our politicians don't actually really represent our ideology because they draw their own districts. This is true. (laughs) This is very true. I think that issue two does well in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. Actually, I think it does. I'm looking at my map and I just realized I have every county on the lake except Sandusky County voting yes. Um, I also think it does really well in Southwest Ohio. Yeah. Cincinnati, suburbs of Cincinnati, Dayton. Clark County. I just I'm always I'm always hesitant about Cincinnati suburbs because they're they're still very conservative and yeah, even seeing their like swing from 2016 to 2020 they're not really moving left. They're really just kind of staying the same or moving rightward. My thought process when it came to Claremont County, which is a suburb to the east of Cincinnati. The really poorly written Recreational marijuana amendment. Yeah. In 2015. They voted 42%. I think they were like, they had the highest percentage of yes votes in the state. Yeah. And they was the, it was the bad one. Now we have a good one. I think they're going to pass it. Yeah. I also think that Lawrence County, down in Portsmouth, Ohio, along the river, I think they're going to vote yes too. Interesting. Very base list. I have, I have absolutely no reason why i just think it's just vibes it is vibes vibes based 100 percent. it's vibes based. but again we're six days away from election day i'm kind of hyped 
Yeah, I mean, I'm going home to vote this weekend. Word. Bump it. Yeah. Voting yes on one and two. And I think also, ooh, before we move on, don't forget state ID with your foot with your photo. Yes. Bring your driver's license. Bring if you go to the Secretary of State's site, you can find all of the IDs that are usable for you to vote because they changed the ID laws last mm-hmm. year because they suck. <laughs> if you are registered to vote and you haven't checked your voter registration, go back and check. There's Frank LaRose has been purging voters. So if you haven't voted in the last couple of years, you should probably check. Yeah. Um, and if, if you aren't registered to vote, um, county officials and, and different like Democratic leaders throughout the state are saying go vote a provisional ballot and let them tell you that you can't. Yeah. Because there is currently like court challenges and all sorts of different things going on. It's kind of shady. Yeah, it's shady. It's kind of funny though. This is nothing new on uh, Frank's part. Frank's part. <laughs> Unshout out. Unshout out. Shout down. But I also, I want to talk about issue one again that we're advocates for. Advocates for issue one. Um, I, I want to stress something. Stress it. Issue one is, I think, really essential that it passes. And I think everyone that listens to this show hopefully knows this. Mm -hmm. But we're, we've been backsliding on human rights for a while now, in my opinion. LGBTQ rights over the last two years, but especially women's rights. And my, and I'm, I'm saying this as a Catholic and I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to voice his opinion because my Catholic faith is, my Catholic faith is extremely important to me. I was raised Catholic. I go to church and you know, it, it helps guide me in personal life decisions. And it, it's, it's very, it's a very fundamentally important part of who I am today and who I'm going to be in the future. I know a lot of churches have explicitly come out against issue one. I've seen churches downtown in Little Italy, you know, Catholic or Protestant. I've seen them asking their members to vote now. That's, that is their right to do. It's an issue. It's not a candidate. They have the right to comment on ballot issues like this. Issue one, from my point of view, is fundamentally about the equality of people in this state. Mm -hmm. And equality, one, from the way that I was raised and from the way that I understand Catholic teaching is a very fundamentally important part of our faith. Maybe you have personal objections to abortion. Maybe you have personal objections to you know, when life begins. That's a whole other debate. But issue one would protect the equality of people in this state, and that is fundamentally an important part of who we are, I think, as a people, but it is also a fundamentally important part of my faith. And again, 
you know, I'm not going to get into a debate about whether or not you think abortion is morally justified. That's not my place to say that. It's not. But what I can say is that issue one is about protecting the rights of people who have been historically oppressed in this country and in this state. And it's, it, it really is essential that we pass it. Because the ads that you're seeing right now and the things that you are being by honestly bad faith actors that have a, I think, honestly, a more sinister agenda down the road right now about issue one is not true. It doesn't take away parental rights. It doesn't allow abortion up until, you know, literally the day before you're due. That's not what it does. Correct. It, it protects the rights of people in the state, and that's something we should all support. I think it, I, I, you're right, Joe. I think that it also takes some of the power that a Republican supermajority has kind of ported yeah. and gives it back to us as, as Ohioans, as the voters. Because, you know, we talked about it in the last episode. Baldwin-Wallace Pulse poll says 67% of Ohioans support, I think 61%, support some form of legal abortion. Yeah. And that's not what any elected official that's not a Democrat or a moderate Republican in our state legislature is saying. Yeah. That doesn't, they're, what they're saying does not reflect the will of Ohioans, which is why, I mean, issue one in August failed. Yeah. Because will of the people. So, I mean, if you value your voice, <laughs> vote yes on issue one. Yeah. And again, it is, it is not the business of the state to really be controlling the medical decisions of an adult. Yeah. That's a decision between you and your doctor. Not me, not the state, definitely not the, the fucking legislator. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have the opportunity to do, we have the opportunity to really shock the country. Yeah. Just like Kentucky did, mm -hmm. just like Kansas did. And to really show people across this country that Ohio values the equality of people mm -hmm. and we value personal freedom. Mm -hmm. But go vote. Go vote. Go vote. Go vote. Vote in your school board elections. Oh my God, please. Vote in every election. Vote in every election that has actual opponents. Yeah. I don't vote in races that have one candidate. Why? Because <laughs> I'm not giving that to you. Out of spite. Out of spite. What if you like the person? Oh, then I'll vote for them. Oh, okay. That's different. <laughs> I don't think that's actually happened yet. Yeah. Okay. But you do what you want. You do what you want. You do what you, you like. You do what you like. <laughs> but go vote. Uh, early voting is actually open until like 7.30 weekdays now and then also Saturday and Sunday, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Sunday. Um, you can check the times on Frank LaRose's website. But, um, womp womp. But thank you for listening. Mm -hmm. And... We'll see you next week, because man, oh man, are we going to have a lot to talk about on Tuesday. Yep, we sure will.